Hey there, hi there. So, um, it's it's warm out. You think? Good camping weather. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like a stuffed cabbage or a, <laughs> or a domus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or a pupae. So it's been a little while since we've been together. Yeah, how long has it been? Uh, a month? A month and a half? All of, all of a month and probably some more. No, there is no time anymore. Time has Everything post-COVID. Time is so uh, post-COVID. <laughs> Everything. It's all post-COVID now. There's nothing before it. We're not even post-COVID. COVID no. is so post-COVID yes. that we still have COVID, but it's so post-COVID. COVID's for other people. <laughs> Only for other people. So yeah, we read a uh, we read a book about camping. Right. <laughs> right. Do you know so, anything about this Nick Cutter? Nothing. Um, I is this, he uh, the Cutter the Cutter. Um, Bug spray magnite? Is he part oh, of... that would make a lot of sense, wouldn't it? Cutter, oh. um, as opposed to the the deep wood deep woods deep wood off, off. <laughs> Jimmy deep woods <laughs> off. <laughs> Do they even make cutter anymore? Yeah, really? yeah, you can get it at Target. Oh, wow, um, yeah, no, this book I found it in a little library. Oh, um, and I looked at it, and I was like, this looks like a horror novel, and so I looked it up, and apparently it was a uh, it's a uh, award-winning horror novel i think it won the uh national bestseller author yeah but i think it won the bram stoker award that year you know i would not doubt it yeah it's um and stephen king did a little blurby about it the winner of the james james herbert Herbert award for horror writing james herbert the uh sci-fi that's you're thinking of frank herbert james Uh, herbert's the guy We, we wrote we read a james herbert book uh the rats hmm is he now as prestigious as the Bram Stoker? Or the or fog? Or... Maybe it was the fog, the swarm. He wrote a lot of things with the. And this one's the troop. So. Mm. So the I. The meter I, maid. The meter maid. <laughs> the, so I didn't know. I mean, I knew this. Like, there's a lot of things you can do with a with a camping book. Okay. A camping horror book. Um, and this one went in an interesting direction. It did. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up because, yes, it did, because I thought, oh, this is going to be like a slasher, um, kind of a Jason, right? Yeah. And the kids, well, I did predict some things. Oh, the true master is going to die, and the kids are going to blah, 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 and they're going to have to kill him, and (laughs) that's not how it went at all. No. (laughs) So I was reading in the back of this book? Sure. Did you read the back? No. Oh, what's the back? He, no, in the forward or the afterward or whatever. Oh, sure. He based this book, the structure of it, in some respects, on Carrie. On Carrie, interesting. And because the book has, um, 
you know, you're hearing, you, you, you know, it will cut from the narrative and go to scenes of something in a science lab or a report right. or, an, or, or a oh, newspaper article right. or a, um, an interview with uh, a survivor or... Which is, that's that's how Carrie, that's how the Carrie book is structured. That's how book Carrie is structured. book is structured. Yeah, and, yeah. and most people know Carrie from the movie from the movie which is not like that at all um but uh yeah no so and i have to i have to say that was one of my favorite things about this book so we have the main story of um you know these uh five six 14 year old boys and their scoutmaster uh going to this island um uh, conveniently uh, without cell phones conveniently yeah as, yeah specifically and carefully without cell phones and boated over boated over and dropped off which is what you do Right, um, and not nobody's going to come for a week. Yeah, or th- not even that. It's just like a, like it's like two days. They're going to be in there. Oh, they're only there two days. Two nights, three like nights, something that. like that. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, they they explain away the absence of cell phones right away. Not that that would have saved. And there's them. a shortwave <laughs> radio, which also gets destroyed right right away. But but um, this man shows up and he's just got this gnawing hunger. Yeah, and and it sounds li- also like he's got. A bowel obstruction of some sort. He's definitely got. <laughs> he something. doesn't know what's going on. Something is not on the up and up down there. And I thought he was going to start eating the. Oh, like oh, this is a story about cannibalism. <laughs> yep, and it's not that either. Either. <laughs> no, but I was going to say that. Um, so we have this main story that we just got the start. Of, you, you were just giving us the start of there, but in between, you get these these documents, these interviews, these things about like sort of the aftermath. Um, the before math and the aftermath, because you're getting aftermath. scientific experiments yeah. that are just logs yeah. in and a it's, way. And the way that it reveals the context of what's happening is it's unveiled at a, just a, at just the right pace, it seems to me, as we're getting bits and hmm. bits more of information. Like, oh, oh, that's not, oh, that's, well, what is going on with that? Or, And then you realize that there's some kind of scientific experiment going on about diet pills, maybe. Now, did you read this or did you listen to it? I listened to it. Okay. Because there's also an ad advertisement for the diet pill. Yeah. Do they, in the reading of it, do they describe it to you or do they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they give you the whole, they give you the whole, they read the the whole ad out to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And your, find your inspiration. So the premise is, is that this scientist wants to develop a, two-pill diet solution, mm-hmm. and he's trying to make kind of a genetically modified tapeworm Yes, that would, you would take a pill, and it would, you would lose weight, and then you would take an antibiotic pill that would kill the tapeworm, and then you would have lost the weight. Yeah, the two-pill solution. The two-pill solution, but it goes horribly wrong. Horribly wrong, because uh, tapeworms have to... Uh, um, they can't be too successful, and they can't. But they also have to be successful enough to uh, withstand the the body's defenses. Know, defenses, and so but not we, kill the host, and not kill the host. And what he ends up doing is making a super tapeworm, super tapeworm. It, that is <laughs> fucking horrible. It's horrible, <laughs> and it's, it's so easily bad. transferable. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um. As the as so it the, turns into a kind of a Lord of the Lord of the Flies yeah. kind of situation on the island. Yeah, because uh, early on the uh, the 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 hungry man who shows up on the island infects the troop master who is also a doctor. Um, the and, doctor does surgery on him to yeah, try to save surgery. him. Yeah, and the doctor dies too horribly, horribly. And so it's just the boys uh, 
fending for themselves or against themselves. And you're right, it's exactly Lord of the Flies. So, yes, go on. Because I, I yeah. want to say something about the added twist that I found annoying. But Oh, sure. Um, I think I know what it is. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Um, but one of those, this book's many virtues, and I will say there are many virtues. Yes. Um, it was genuinely scary. Um, it was uh, well plotted. It was genuinely gross. Too. It was genuinely it was gross. gross. It was scary. gross. It was gross in a way that I uh, that's not that I hadn't encountered much in a long time. In a long time. Yeah. yeah. Um, it gave you the squirmies. Yeah, absolute I squirmies. I mean, I'm I'm in the habit of washing my hands a lot anyway for reasons, right. <laughs> but uh, this this stepped stepped it up. Also, but no more nose picking no or more, butt scratching or butt scratching. <laughs> and honestly, this um. This is a. This book was a very effective appetite suppressant. Um, you know, as good as as good as any thirty-two ounce porterhouse steak. Um, just take one, and you won't be hungry. <laughs> anyway, the thing that I liked the most about it is that every one of the characters lived, with two exceptions, and I think that's one of the things, the twists that's gonna that you're gonna talk about that that you found annoying. I could be wrong. You mean lived from the uh, the tapeworm. No, I mean every one of the every one of the characters um, had they were um, they were they were alive. They he they the oh author, I see what the you're author saying. spent time making um, characters, making them making yeah. them three dimensional. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, from, Mostly from yeah. the from the from the the, the dumb jock to the uh, the chubby nerd um, to the uh, um, uh, who else do we have? We have the uh, the kid with anger issues. Um, and the absent absent father, right? You and then have, the kind of the good kid, and you have the, like the general, yeah, general you know, all around B plus good kid. Um, the, but I found what was annoying was the kid who was the a last psychopath. Kid. As I, did I. I found that like <laughs> that's so fucking cheap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was the only character that didn't that didn't. He was very nope. He did not. Yeah. He was like a flat Dexter. Yeah. Without a moral compass. Yeah, I mean, even I mean, you can, I think you can make. I mean, I don't, I don't know what a psychopath thinks or feels. Um, you know, I read a lot of books where that try to figure that out. Um, well, they don't feel. They don't feel, but but they can become three dimensional characters. Um, uh, Dexter. Dexter is is a prime example, but even like Hannibal Lecter, who is one of the great ciphers of um, of horror fiction, is still. A real three-dimensional character, um, and uh, and uh, but this uh, what's his kid? What's the kid's name? Shelley. Yeah, he was thrown in to make a, to create more uh, danger yeah. and anticipation, and that was in the one. So I'm going to go in. I guess I'm going to go into things I didn't like. Yeah. Go so for the it. one thing that uh, so off the offshoot of that his character was this other character who he. Shelley says to him something about, oh, I see a worm under your fingernails. Under your fingernails. And all of a sudden, boom, this guy becomes super obsessed. And then he sta- basically stabs himself to death. And yeah. that, like, that made no sense. No, that, see, that, that, was, that particular plot line, while... It, it was not believable. It, well, it, it didn't, no. I mean, it was like a, it was like a, a different story that if it had stood by itself, um, would have been interesting. But it didn't really... It didn't belong. It didn't belong in this story. The rest, no. of, the rest of these stories uh, were, were were better. Um, and, and it would have been if we knew more about 
the guy who was stabbing, the kid who was stabbing himself to death. We just didn't know enough to know why he would just turn that quickly into, yeah, and become obsessed that way. Instead of cutting himself like that. Because, uh, yeah, because he said, because uh, Shelly, uh, and it was, was he was uh, playing mind games with Eve, Ephraim. Um, and right. Ephraim is the kid with the anger issues. Right. Um, but he and... Uh, and a pen knife. And, yeah, and a pen knife. Um, and he is, um, he has this, he's really close friends with Max. Um, and uh, uh, so he has this potential to be this really, just this other really interesting three-dimensional character. And then this ability of, Sh- of Shelley to like, just automatically yeah yeah automatically get inside his head get and inside of his him. head and you know and he's not infected that's the thing he's he's been cutting himself apart trying to find these worms that aren't there right um and the nerd yeah nelson right he figures uh, um uh it'll, it'll come to me in a second it's, it starts with an n um yeah well he's yeah. He figures out right away. Well, we just have to give him some like something to make him throw up, and then he'll believe that the worms aren't there anymore. But yeah, even figured... still, it just happened so quickly. Like all of a sudden, yeah. he's got Shelly's got these powers to get yeah. inside his head. Yeah, yeah exactly. Then, then he becomes one with the worms, <laughs> and then he and the worms are as his body is dissolving, his, <sighs> his essence goes into the worms. I mean, it's just yeah. I yeah. mean, Newton is his name. Newton. Newton. Yeah, they call him Newt. Um, the, uh, yeah, uh, but the whole story with Newton, um, the Newton character was really interesting. Did you know he was going to survive? I knew that he was going to be the one that was going to survive. No, it was Max that survived. I mean, Max that sur- yeah, Max. I yeah, mean, so did I. That was, yeah. they spent the most time with Max, and Max was the less, was the least, um. Heinous. <laughs> he's le- not, not the least, he's like the least heinous, but he's also like the, the one who was, um, he was carefully, dis- he was carefully made to be not extraordinary. Right. He was just sort of middle of the road. I'm like, okay, this is the one that's going to live. And um, and then because they killed a turtle, and his reaction to killing the turtle made him morally yeah. uh, justified yeah, to live. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The um, uh, as I was as I realized this, you know, so you're getting these, you know, there's, the author is spending a little bit of time with each of these characters and really sort of getting into their heads, so you know where they're coming from, and uh, and I identified early on just like you did uh that max was probably going to be the one to survive if any of them were and i wasn't sure because it may not have been any of it them. could have been between newton and max but, yeah and it was it was to the end <laughs> it was at the very end but i just thought how how much more interesting would this book be and this book is very interesting a very good very good horror novel um if it had would this book have been if uh the one who survives is one is one of the ones that you write off early on like for instance kent the kind of dumb, overconfident, like you know, what if he like let him get knocked all the way down and and he he and he's clocked. like the first to go the after first the, to go after the, the he's the, the first to go after the scoutmaster. Yeah, the guy can't even spell petard, but he certainly gets hoist on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he um, uh, yeah, he just has this power thing, and you know, you know, I mean that the 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 horrible um realization that you as a reader have when. Kent has asserted his 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 masculine authority over the rest of the troop, and um, they he decides to lock the, uh, the scoutmaster scout in the closet in the closet, and reaches over and grabs the scoutmaster's scotch and takes a pull, and you know that's when he got the worms. Yep. <laughs> like, just being a dick. Just being a dick. <laughs> mm. 
So now this this book was uh, was 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 terrific, and I was like, I was having, I, I just inhaled it over the last three yeah, days. Yeah, it moved really fast. Yeah, super fast, and uh, and it was I was just like in a, just this this low this mode of of just low grade squick for like twelve. Hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, his description of the worms. Oh. And them so pot coming out of the bodies, yep. and they're because there's not just one in the body, they proliferate yeah, so quickly, so quickly. Mm. And there's two types there's the the conqueror, the conqueror worm. worm, and then the uh, uh the the, the, the colonizer or something, the, or it's something the, with a D, yeah, the the, the the conqueror worm, and but there's like within the, the colony, worm. yeah, within the colony of worms within the body, there's one worm that arises yes. <laughs> and it coils around the, the spinal, the spinal column. column. Yeah, no, it was a just, just all the stuff about getting into the biology of the of the worms was also really interesting. Um, but just like the glimpses you got of like some of, just some of the exterior characters, the ones that you don't really get character for because they're just like being interviewed the scientist and yeah, the, the capitalist and yeah, the, the capitalist the, the the scientist's assistant who kind of knew what was going on but not really um and then the one that i found most fascinating when they just when they uh call in the tribunal and they call the the, the military uh, guy out um and they ask him all these questions i can just see he's it's basically um uh, jack nicholson from a few good men oh. <laughs> he's the all, truth you can't handle a truth <laughs> i deride your truth handling ability <laughs> no truth handler you uh, <laughs> that sounded just like jack nicholson absolutely um yeah you know, when they finally accuse him basically of uh because he was in part probably funding this research as a military thing and that this whole thing with the island the island and the troop was a military exercise to see how well these worms could be used as a weapon yes even um, in destroying the island was also to see how well they can contain <laughs> absolutely yeah um so it's a it's a grim book <laughs> It yeah, pretty it's grim. very grim because even Max, who survives, has just messed up the rest of his life. Yeah, you, get, you definitely get that. And there's that weird, uh, the, the weird ending where he goes back to the island, or he's about to go back to the island, which is just a bombed out, you know, wasteland. Yeah. Um, and you got to think those worms, they they're adaptable. They can get into fish, and if they can get into fish, they can get across the, the pond, no problem. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That would have been a great scene, and then a woman's opening up a can of cod uh, yeah, or something. Albacore tuna. Albacore tuna. And it just goes eh, eh, and closer and closer to the can. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's what they should have done. But they, but they didn't. Alas, they did not. So I, I had not heard of Nick Cutter, the, the horror writer, but clearly he... He's on the radar. He's he's one of the one of the horror writer wheels these days, um, uh, and I've looked. He's got some other books: uh, Little Heaven, The Deep, um, The Troop came out in 2014. So I presume there's more books out there for us to get squicked at. I don't need to right now, but um, it's, it was good to discover. You know, try to somebody knew somebody knew. Yeah, I try to keep my eyes on some what's what's new out there, and I do a do a mediocre at best job. So, so you just finished this book yesterday, right? Yeah, and I finished it mm, a few days ago. Yeah, 
So what's is what's the scene that still stays in your mind? Is there anything? The scene that still stays in my mind is um Oh gosh, uh I think some of it would probably be some of the early stuff with the uh the the hungry man showing up and um and eating like the couch. Right. Yeah, like eating the foam in the in the arms of the of the of the old couch, the old Davenport, because this is Canada. Um, right. <laughs> Davenport right. in the old in the old cabin, uh, or um, just yeah, some of the stuff that people were eating. Like, there's a moment where um, later on in the book, near the in the last quarter, where um, Max and uh, and uh, Newt go down into the basement underneath the the crawl space underneath where they had locked up Kent. Yeah. And Kent was infected and he was becoming very, 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 very hungry. And when they first went down there, there was all these spider webs and bugs and stuff like that and lots of weird looking mushrooms. And when they went down there the second time, all of that was gone. And they just figured it out. Well, Kent ate them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of it. And then like, yeah. and like he was eating dirt. Yes. Um, I mean, maybe we should make this clear. What, what, the, what the effect of this, these worms are is it makes these people... Ravenously, ravenously hungry. I mean, for anything, it, everything, and there's no end of the hunger. And at the same time, it's devour. The worms are devouring them, mm -hmm. so yeah. they become like emaciated within hours. Yeah, no. So that that was another scene that that just really grabbed me. The uh, uh, the hungry man shows up on the island, and the doctor's sort of taking care of him and treating him and keeping him away from the boys. Um, and the in the overnight, the the hungry he like sedates the hungry man after the, the hungry man has um, destroyed the short wave, uh, and the hungry man like wretches something up on him or something like that and basically infects him. And uh, thirteen hours, twelve hours later, the next morning, uh, the doctor has lost twenty pounds, at least, yeah. at least, yeah. and is and is and is starting to be so hungry. Um, that, he's really working hard not to be hungry. Yeah. I'll just have a sleeve of saltines. Yes, just a sleeve of saltines. <laughs> the um, scene that sticks out for me that I still remember is that boys have to go back. There's a boat, yeah. and the boat has the battery, and the spark plugs are missing. Right. And they figure out, and then Max remembers, or Newt remembers, that Max. <clears throat> when the... Um, the hungry man was dissolving. Yeah. He remembers spotting something that he thinks might have been the spark plugs because the, the hungry man ate the spark plugs. Yeah, he had eaten the spark plugs. And they have yeah. to go back to the body when Max has to go back to the body and pull the spark plugs out. Yeah. Oh, and the description. It was just, oh my God, it was so gory. Yeah, he's just like, it's just cold oatmeal. It's just cold oatmeal. It's just, he's trying. And he's like, no, it's. It's just cold um, water. Was this cold water balloons? Just cold water balloons. <laughs> As he's digging in for the spark plugs. I know it was horrifying. <laughs> it was truly horrifying. Um, yeah, no, I mean the this. I mean this book um, has its roots in a couple of um, like classic horror texts. Uh, we've already said Lord of the Flies, which is absolutely the case. Yep. Thinner. Oh, <laughs> thinner is definitely another one. Um, that uh, that great uh, uh, movie. Um, uh, cabin fever yes that was which was really icky <laughs> yes it's about an infection among young people in yes. a remote location uh um and i have to say i'm glad that one of them was not you know friday the 13th and it's sort of alien it too it's a oh yeah in oh yeah for sure 
Yeah, just that, and just that whole thing about just that that biological, uncontainable biological force. And the thing, it's like the thing too. Oh yeah, that's not sentient. It's not. Yeah, it's, it has nothing. It's nothing personal. It just wants to devour you and everything that you love. <laughs> And, and keep, ruin your camping trip. And really ruin your camping trip. Which is another reason not to. It, it, it confirmed my... Uh, <laughs> I left the Boy Scouts after a year, and it confirmed my decision oh, <laughs> to yes. leave the Boy Scouts. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because <laughs> that could have happened. That could absolutely could have happened. You were you so close to that happening at any given moment. And you forget how dickish 14-year-old boys are. Yeah, no, and it would have been the age, too, that I was in Boy Scouts. Oh, nice. Um, uh, I don't know uh, aside from like being really like impressed and really liking this book and enough to you know if I see another Nick Cutter book in a little library somewhere in the neighborhood I'm definitely going to pick it up well I think you need a cocktail to be able to think it over because it's got to be something else I probably do so it's cocktail time it is What are we drinking? Well, we are drinking. We are. Okay, so... It's important to stay hydrated. I'll say what we're drinking, and you'll say what the name of the drink is. It is. Even though we didn't really make this drink up, you're commandeering this drink. You're commandeering this drink. So, and for... <laughs> we're using this alcohol for for obvious reasons. Obvious reasons. What so, would that alcohol be? It's Let mezcal. Mezcal. <laughs> so you take 2 I did ounces. Not see that coming. No. <laughs> and a cocktail shaker. 2 ounces of mezcal. Mes- and <laughs> Now you don't put Now in this um in this uh recipe, you don't put any ice in the shaker. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a dry shake is what it says. All right. All right. This is I don't think that's how we did it. I think we put ice in it, but no, this I mean, one, the recipe says not to. So you put two ounces of mezcal, one half ounce of fresh squeezed lime juice, yep, one half ounce of fresh ginger juice. How did you make that? Well, you just put it through a juicer, or you can sometimes uh, you can sort of just hammer up. A, a, can you just a, put it in a blender? You can, yeah, you just not just 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 hammer up a knob of ginger and then um, sort of put it through one of those squeezy. Oh, like a, a lemon yeah. squeezer like, or yeah, whatever. Okay. Exactly. And then an uh, ounce of agave nectar, and then um, hold off on this, but you're going to use a, one and a half ounces of sparkling water. So you shake all the liquors up. Yep. And then you get a copper mug. <laughs> copper mug. Because you, cause it was originally a mezcal mule. <laughs> <laughs> mezcal mule, which is also a really good name, but it's not what we're going to call And then you put some... Uh, uh, ice. I wouldn't. We're not doing copper mugs, so just get get a gold mug, or get like a, a silver any, or a pewter, or mug. just get a glass. <laughs> just get a damn glass and shake the cocktail like we did in the shaker with the ice, and then put it into the glass because this is America, guys. And then it. pour some of the sparkling water and top it off, and you can garnish with whatever. But if the, the worm is left. Mm-hmm. in the mezcal bottle then just skewer it, it and lay it or float it on top garnish with one pickled worm and so what are we calling this drink we are calling it as the, the worm, worm turns as the worm turns yes so don't put it in the copper mug that's the mezcal, that's mule. The mezcal mule that's a whole but as drink. the worm turns 
You put it in a coffee mug or one of those tin camp mugs. Tin camp <laughs> mugs, yes. Yes. One of those blue speckled ones. Yes. Absolutely. A tin, tin speckled camp enamel mug. camp mug. Yes. And that's our drink All right. as the worm turns. Chin chin. chin chin. It's pretty good. I like no, that. It's, oh, it's very nice tasty. And the worm is chewy. All right. <laughs> well, let's head on down to the basement, Do shall we? Let's. Well, there we are. Here in we are basement. in the basement. I may never leave the basement. There's too much in the world yes. to face. It's just too much. I just, just give me a pillow and a. Yeah, I'll just I'll just be down here. Just leave me alone. Can you make a gallon of mezcal meals <laughs> for me? Yes, just leave me in the basement. Course. So let's um let's read a, a a forgotten classic, shall we? Yeah, I, I want to. So what is it? Um, this little book here I'm holding is called Ratman's Notebooks. A well, novel by Stephen Gilbert has. It was a. It was famously filmed uh, uh, as an Ernest Borgnine vehicle in the early seventies, and then remade. And then remade as a. Um, uh, What's his name? Crispin, Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover vehicle. <laughs> in the nineties, early two thousands, something like that. That's right, folks. This is the basis of the movie Willard. Ben, you're always running here and there. Oh, yeah, the musical selection is already selected for that episode. <laughs> uh, but that's the remake. That was the... That the, was the sequel. The sequel. Yeah, it was a sequel. I think it was called Ben, It was right? called Ben, yeah. yeah. But this, what's the name of this book? Because it's not called Willard. This book This book is called Ratman's Notebooks Rat by Man's Stephen Man. Gilbert. Um, and apparently, I mean, this is, I'm holding a, a, an old copy of it here. It was published by the Viking Press. In '68, something like that. So before the horror boom, and um, and uh, so here it is, a book about um, the rest. So man. you can get it on the Kindle because it's not it's hard to get um, a hard copy of it, but you can get it on the yeah. Kindle. You can get it on the Kindle. Actually, um, uh, that that reprint house that I go on and on about, and I'm not going to mention their name. Because that's they, at this point they actually do need to paste me some advertising. Right. Um, has reprinted it, um, so you can get you can get a hard copy there too. Okay. Um, on paper, but for forty bucks. Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Anyway, but yeah, so there it is. So we're gonna read this book about uh, rats in the basement. Speaking we of went which, from worms to rats. Yep. Yeah, it's all about uh, it's all about this life's uh, great uh, variety. <laughs> all creatures that want to destroy us. All creatures, great and small. So here. All right, let's get out of the basement. Yeah, because I think there's some rats down here. <laughs> all right. Yep, we're out of the basement. Well, anything left about the troop? The troop. Uh, so we've had time. You know, it's hit. very straightforward. There's, there's, it's not like. You know, actually, the opening scene is very descriptive of, and um, of the the hungry man. Oh, and you just don't know what's coming. Yeah, what his deal is. Um, I, I was speculating. I was speculating quite a bit on, like, what his deal was. Uh, and, uh, for instance, there's a, an old um, a sort of a sci-fi pun short story. I can't remember who wrote it, what it was about. I mean, where, uh, when it was published or anything like that. All I remember is 
that uh, it was this guy who goes into this all-you-can-eat restaurant, pays his money, and starts eating and eating and eating and eating and um well and listen it, and eats them out of house and home and finally becomes this international sensation where um the restaurants running out of you know they're out of food but so these organizations start organ getting food so he keeps keeps eating for like a week eats 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 eats, eats. and it turns out what he's doing is he's an alien from another planet that is starving and everything he eats gets automatically teleported to that planet oh to um, other people to other people oh <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um. So that was that was one thing. I was like, well, could it be this? Because that remi- that's uh, reminded me of that. But I also remember. I don't. Was it something we read, or was it a a TV show or something? The vignettes, and one of them, the guy is an asshole, and he's a cr- he's a food critic, and he dies, mm-hmm. and he ends up in a hell where he has to keep eating and eating and oh, eating. A, isn't isn't that a isn't that a Porky Pig t- com- uh, cartoon? No, no. I, I want to say it's a... Well, it is that as well. But okay. I think, I think it was made into something else as well. I want to say it, it's either like a Twilight Zone or something akin to that. It sounds very Twilight Zone or Outer Limits Where or the guy like is... But I think it was um, the guy who was in M.A.S.H. Uh, Elliot Gould. I think Elliot Gould was the... Wow. Was the... Um, the victim? The, yeah, or the asshole. He was an asshole. <laughs> That's and awesome. then he dies and has to just, he's getting tortured with oh, having dear. to eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. Yeah. Wow. That's and then, good. of course, there's the uh, the Monty Python. Yeah. <laughs> one thin. Fuck off, I can't eat another thing. <laughs> oh, but sir, it is about the waffle thin the mint. <laughs> but sir, it is waffle thin. <laughs> Kaboom. <laughs> Um, so, one thing that uh, that uh, just just a, I want to note a coincidence. So before I, I read this book um, recently, I read uh, an earlier uh, book by Grady Hendrix. Uh, we did a book by him in the podcast here. We did Horror Store. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we didn't particularly. Care no, for. it was not great. Um, but I've read three or four of his other books since then, and they have all been excellent. I mean, mm. really good. Um, so the one I had just finished was called My Best Friend's Exorcism. Um, and it's all it's set all in the eighties, um, about uh, a young woman uh, whose uh, best friend, another young woman, uh, gets possessed by something demonic. Why are we reading those fun things? I don't know. <laughs> You're hogging up all the good books. <laughs> this was a good book, though. Um, and uh, uh, but one of the things that once the uh, her, the best friend succumbs to possession, uh, she starts um, fucking with the people. And one of the click that... Like physically fucking or messing with people's heads? Messing with people's heads. Oh, okay. Like really messing with them. Like, uh, um, anyway, one of the things that she does is uh, the super popular uh, cheerleader type girl um, uh, who looks perfectly fine but is nevertheless concerned with her weight. Um, she gets her to start eating these diet supplement shakes. Yes, that's from Mean Girls. Yeah, but what it's really <laughs> from... But what, what they really are uh-huh. is... Um, is uh, uh, Mexican tapeworm eggs. No! <laughs> so there's this horrible scene at the end where um, this girl has is, 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 is skeletal. She's yes. super, super thin, really, really sick, can't come out, she, her hair is falling out, um, and uh, uh, there's a scene where oh, uh, they, they you know try to get her to eat some ice cream. And uh, she opens her mouth, and a little worm no. comes swerving out and like waving around at the ice cream. Oh god! 
<laughs> it was really horrible. It was a, easily the most horrible part of that book. And this whole book, the trip, was that is old. that, was that. <laughs> expanded <laughs> expanded. So um, I, mean, I think the, both of the books came out the same year. I think uh, my best friend's exorcism came out in 2014 too. So well, you like you so obviously you liked the troop. I liked the troop. Very much. I mean, there's parts of the troop I didn't like, but overall I liked it. Yeah. No. There's a there's so much like well handled. Gore. Gore and suspense and characterization. And the plotting was really good. Uh, I mean, I'm, like I said before. And it moves. And it moves. Yeah. It moves. But it's a, but it's a big book. Yeah. Yeah. So It's a big book. Yeah. It's a big boy book. It's a big boy book. <laughs> so, well, so, so you're going to put this, you're going to put this back into a little library or are you going to keep it on your shelf? I'll probably put it back in or hand, give it back to you. Oh, yeah. If you want. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll put it up in the spinner rack here. Yeah. So... Anything else before we go? I don't think so. Somehow we had 37 minutes of not much. <laughs> oh, we have 37 minutes of gold. Oh, God, pure gold. Best podcast ever. <laughs> so what should we do with this puppy? Well, I think we should go to the woods and gather some emetic mushrooms. Okay, yes. Um, and, we force feed it. And just sort of uh, eat them ourselves and flush this out of our system. Yeah, I like that idea. All right, Very so good. here we go. <laughs> How do you handle a hungry man? The manhandlers. He's working up an appetite a manhandler can handle. Looks like my boy's grown up. He's ready for Campbell's manhandlers, like split pea with ham and bacon. A thick, delicious soup laced with ham and bacon. A man-sized part of a man's meal. The manhandlers. The manhandlers. Mmm, mmm, good.